Hey, this is Pastor Spencer with Racine Bible Church. You're listening to a sermon from a Sunday morning. Hey, good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. I hope it is good that uh, we are back together. And it is good that we can come together the way we are as the church and continue praising and worshiping our wonderful Jesus Christ. For more than 15 years, Racine Bible Church has been uh, supporting us in the ministry through prayer, finances, and also visiting us in Kenya for those 15 years under uh, Mr. John Addison, it's only this last year that uh, the group was not able to come because of COVID-19. But we are also inviting you next year because COVID-19 is almost done and we are in a new dispensation. So I suppose that we will be able to come so that we can continue with the ministry. Otherwise, at, uh, in Kenya, we do have three ministries. One, working at Moffat Bible College, where I'm the president of Moffat Bible College, which was started in 1929. And the purpose has been to proclaim the gospel of salvation to many nations. And those who come to uh, Moffat Bible College, they, they, they are trained after four years. They go to different uh, tribes of Africa and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's not only people from Kenya, but also we do have people coming from West Africa, like Congo, Zaire, and also there is another interesting story that this coming September, there is a guy from India. I asked the question, why India? And we have never received anybody. But uh, God is bringing one uh, person from India so that uh, after training, he can go back to India and proclaim the gospel. We also have a church, which is also in the rural area of the country, and I do pastor the church, and the people in, within that location, they do mix the gospel of salvation with their religious tradition, beliefs, and therefore my work is to thin out whatever they have, and bring Jesus as the center of their salvation. So they bring the issue of ancestors, and they think that the ancestors can be the source of their salvation, and bring Jesus together, so they integrate Jesus and their religious belief system. And my work is to bring Jesus and Jesus alone so that they can hear the gospel of salvation which is not mixed up with the traditional belief system. And we have been there for many, many years. We also have the Sunrise Ministry. I know this one has been uh, the heart of the church here. And we minister the gospel to those who have been, uh, those kids who have been orphaned by HIV and AIDS. And some of them, they are not orphans, but they are, um, they are poorest of the poor, and when they come, we minister them with the gospel of Jesus Christ and do other kids' stuff. So we have those uh, ministries with us, and we thank God that uh, you have been partnering with us, and some, many of you have come to see what God is doing there, and not only that, those who have not been there, 
you have been with us there because you pray for us, you give finances to do the work there, and therefore thank you so much for what you do. I want to say thank you even before I bring the sermon to us for the scholarship money that we receive all the whole year for the 16 students there at Moffat Bible College because upon their graduation they go and uh, propagate the gospel. Thank you also for many f uh, for the finances uh, towards Sunrise Ministry. Thank you again, uh, Pastor Spencer and the and the leadership here at the church for what you do with us. Also for supporting us to do the ministry in Kenya. And also, I want to say another thank you for uh, sharing with your uh, church school, um, I mean the kids Sunday school, because many of the kids here, when we come here, they know us. And they say, we support you. And uh, this is so exciting to see all those little kids coming to us and saying, we know who you are, guys. So thank you so much that you can share about us to your own kids. And also, uh, thank you so much for con your continuous prayers uh, towards the ministry that we do in Kenya, those, the trio ministry. We also invite you kindly, if you can come, many of you, all of you, to Kenya and see what God is doing. And because of the time, uh, you can see what I have said. That's the fun thing they do to us. I hope they will not drop me down. So those are the stuff we do for the ministry. Let me invite you to open your Bibles in the Gospel of Luke chapter 9, verses number 57 through 62. If you have your Bibles, it's the Gospel of Luke chapter 9, verse number 57 through 62. As they were walking, as they, is referring to Jesus Christ and his disciples, and uh, they is disciples and uh, Jesus Christ. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his hand. He said to another man, follow me. But the, the man replied, Master, first let me go home and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but for you, come and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another man said, I for you, Master, but, Christ, but first let me go back and say goodbye to those who are at home or the family. Jesus replied, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit to serve in the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, I want to bring a theme from that text, the qualifications of an authentic disciple of Jesus Christ. It is very important for us to know that Christ has called each and every one of us to be his disciple and also to make disciples for him. In the Gospels, when we read the Gospels, especially the four Gospels, we see Jesus most of the time using the phrase, come and follow me, 
and we see him using almost that frame 13 times, meaning that following Jesus is very, very important. A disciple in Greek is mathetes, which means is a student of the word. And when you follow a certain teacher or master, you become a disciple even within the ancient time. And during the time of Jesus Christ, when you follow Jesus or you follow a certain master, you imitate or you become more like the master or the teacher in character, in deeds, and also personality because you become almost like your teacher. You become that teacher. And today I want to discuss with us about briefly about the authentic disciple of Jesus Christ because all of us, we are called to be disciples and make disciples too for Jesus Christ. But by authentic, I mean a disciple who is authorized by Jesus Christ because there are so many others who are not called and they are not even authorized to be disciples of Jesus Christ. Authentic, I mean a disciple who is trustworthy, a disciple who is genuine, a disciple who is original, not a copyright, a disciple who is real, as a disciple who is very sure and very true and acceptable. That is authentic disciple of Jesus Christ. Authentic disciple of Jesus Christ is not the one who is disputed. It's not the one who is a counterfeit or a person who is unauthorized, but should be authorized to be a disciple by Jesus Christ. And we understand that when Jesus was down here on earth, when he came, he had his 12 disciples and he commissioned them, he made them, he called them to be disciples. And he had the 12 and they were supposed to preach and teach about the kingdom of God. That's what they were called to do. That's what they were called to go and say to the people. And therefore today I want to go very quickly because of time and highlight to us about the three important qualifications for a Christian, we the Christians, on how we should be authentic disciples of Jesus Christ. The first qualification from this text is a person fully committed to following Jesus Christ. And that is coming from the verse number 57 through 58. In these verses, verse 57 through 58, in these verses, we, Jesus Christ was in the area of Galilee. We are not very sure specifically which town he was in, but the Bible is very clear that he was there with the disciples and he was preaching about the kingdom of God. And we see as they were walking, according to the verse number 57, as they were walking, they is the disciples, or is representing the disciples, and also representing Jesus Christ. Of course, other people were there. And as they were walking, we are hearing this, that 
a, a man, very specific. The Gospel of Luke is very specific. That a man within the crowd, within the many people, he came out and suggested to him that, Master, I want to follow you. Of course, he knew that the disciples were following Jesus Christ and other many others. But he came suggesting to him that I want to follow you wherever you go. That's what he said to Jesus Christ. And I want to remind us that Jesus was calling people to follow him. People did not suggest it to him, but he wanted to be like other disciples that Jesus called. In fact, the statement which has been given by, uh, by Matthew is that he was a scribe. But uh, Ruch is not bringing the concept of, being, of this man being a scribe. But Matthew is very categorical, saying he was a scribe, and he came suggesting. In fact, the statement here is that it was a very active statement and conditional given to Jesus Christ that I want to follow you wherever you are going. He, this man probably thought that after following Jesus Christ, he will be able to converse or talk about the Torah and other things which were written by Moses as it was the tradition of the Jews. If you have a disciple, you bring your disciples together so that you can converse or you can talk about the Mosaic Covenant. You can also talk about the, the temple and the good things that God did to Moses. Maybe this is what this one guy thought. But Jesus looked at this guy, he stared unto him, and he responded to him saying, foxes have holes, and birds of the air, they have their nests. But the son of man has nowhere even to put his head. Forget about the whole body. Forget about the whole body. Even his head, he has nowhere. Why, have you ever thought, if you have read this scripture, why Jesus responded this way? Because foxes, they have holes. That's where they go at night, and they rest themselves there. And the birds of the air, there is the house for the birds of the air, because in Palestine, there are those big birds, and they used to, to make big uh, nests so that when the, time, the, the night comes, they can go and rest there. In his all-knowing attribute, Jesus knew that this one guy thought that Jesus had a, a big house because the whole of, uh, of the fox is a house. The nest is a house. And now Jesus, with all his all-knowing attribute, he knew what was in the mind of this man. And he said that the foxes, they have their own resting places at night. And the birds of the air, they have their own resting places at night. But this one man, you see, the son of man has nowhere to put his head. Forget about the whole body. He, maybe this man thought that if I follow Jesus Christ, he might be having a big house 
where he can share with me one of the very beautiful rooms so that I can be comfortable there. Why Jesus is using the resting places? However, Jesus did not own a house. That's what we know in the Gospels. He was always going to the mountains and crying the whole night for the sake of salvation of the human beings. He didn't have a house. Mentioning foxes and birds of the air, Jesus was not mourning or complaining about his own life, but he wanted to open the mind and the eyes of this one man to understand that he did not come to build the houses or to be comfortable. His mission was to come and proclaim the gospel of salvation so that people will be connected with God the Father. So he wanted to open his mind. He wanted to make him aware that he was different from, from the Jewish traditional rabbi who used to gather disciples and uh, discuss about the old covenant of Moses which was broken. But he wanted also to make sure that he is committed and he is genuine if he, if he choose to follow him. Jesus did not accept self voluntary. He wanted people to follow him and count the cost and follow him with commitment. And therefore, brothers and sisters, with this concept of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, authentic disciple of Jesus Christ, a true disciple of Jesus should be devoted and committed to the person or to, to Jesus Christ and the core of being a disciple. He or she must be single-minded. This one guy was really didn't know what to do because he thought of the material stuff. But Jesus wants us to be single-minded and even to follow him without any strings attached to us. As his disciples, brothers and sisters, following him and carrying our crosses because that's what Jesus said, that we should carry our cross and follow him is asking us or telling us that sometimes we go through difficulties, persecutions, and self-denial, and we should follow Jesus Christ all the time. Whether you are persecuted, whether you have all the difficulties, and even this time of coronavirus, as we say, we should focus our mind to following Jesus Christ. In his article, Following Christ, Dientrich Bonhiever has said, before we can effectively serve Christ, we must know and understand him and always be sure that he has called us as his disciples. He has also said in another article, in our department of human activity, intimate knowledge of the person served is essential to perfect service and following Jesus Christ is very important. Those who have never been seen another king cannot serve him as those who are always with him and know his voice. Brothers and sisters, we need to be committed and disciples of Jesus Christ and focus to the very core that he has called us into. It is very important for us, brothers and sisters, to understand the voice of Jesus Christ. He has called us with a voice. 
And we need to understand how he is calling us. What he has called us to do. Does he, did he call us to be only being in the congregation but we don't do anything else? Has he called us to propagate the gospel even to our children, even to our families, even to everybody, wherever we are? Are we shy of talking who we are? Because we are all called to be pastors, to pastor people, to disciple others, to proclaim the message of the gospel. We need to know the voice of Jesus Christ as his disciples. By the way, do you know the voices of your, your spouses? If they call at the night, will you be able to recognize? Or you say, ah, I have no idea who is that person. <laughs> do you know the voice of your children? I was thinking when I was preparing this message, I know the voice of my wife. If she is in a very dark darkness, I know that's the girl I know. That's the girl I know. But do you know the voice of your, if you know the voice of your spouses, know the voice of Jesus Christ when he is calling you. In his article, another article, we are his disciples, that's the article title, Doug Fennon has said, our desire should be like Christ, to follow, to follow in his footsteps, to see the world as he sees the world, and to conform to his likeness. We have a word to it. We call it being a disciple. We are called to be his disciple. The second point. The second qualification of an authentic disciple of Jesus Christ is a person that does not focus on worldly commodities. Worldly commodities. That is verses number 59 through number 60. In these verses, two verses, we see Jesus calling a man. And this is contrary to the first man, because the first one suggested. The second one, in the midst of many people, Jesus called that one. And this man, when he was called, probably he was there, maybe sure, we are not very sure, and he came, why he came, we are not very sure. But Jesus pointed at him and said, come and follow me. Maybe this one guy came to see Jesus or he was expecting to eat bread as Jesus was giving bread to the hungry or he came to witness miracles that Jesus was performing all the time. But Jesus pointed at him. Imagine there are very many people like you pointing one human, one person and saying, get up, come, and follow me. And this statement, follow me, is like from the Greek context, is like coming from a king. And when you are called by a king, that old times, you have to stand up, and when he asks you to jump, you ask how high when you are all the way to the sky. So, because it's a command. And Jesus commanded this one guy, Get up, come and follow me. And this one human said, this one person said, wait a minute. Let me go home and bury my father. 
wait a minute, what are you doing there? And you, are, you have a funeral coming and you have uh, your father dead. What are you doing in the, in the town? He said, let me go home and bury my father. In Greek it says, let me go home and bury the father of me. In Greek, it will go like this and say, let me go back home and bury the father of me. That individualistic kind of concept. In the Jewish culture, even today, you don't joke with, your, with the dead. Can you go saying, my father is dead and he is not dead, he is at work? You must be interesting. Joking with your father who is not dead. It's only one tribe in Kenya that joke, not jokes, but uh, everybody in the village is a father or a mother. So this one guy was always telling me, let me, please give me a day off so that I can go and bury my father. So he buried his father twice until I asked, did he, you buried your father last, last month? Now is he, did he resurrect and now he's back? Then he go back to, and he told me everybody in my village is a father. So I said, I told him, I will not be giving you off time because if everybody is a father, then you will not be working here. So, because everybody has to go and bury the father every time. So anyway, the issue here is that we don't joke with the, with, with those, uh, with, with the death. We are very specific. The other thing, if his father was dead, he was supposed to bury the, his father after two or three hours according to the Jewish culture. What he is telling us here is that the father, the father might be very old, maybe 90 years or more, of course not 120 years because there's nobody here who is 120, but he is telling us that the, the father is old and according to the Jewish culture, I need to wait for him to die so that I can inherit all the property as it was the tradition of the Jews. Wait a minute here. Jesus was not here forever. He was only here for three years and proclaimed the gospel, make sure that people have come to him and connected with God not only that, he also wanted to justify sinners, repented sinners. He was only here for a little time and after that, go back to the father. And now you wait so many years until your father is dead, inherit the stuff, and then follow Jesus Christ? That was a big problem to him. So he was, he, what this one guy was saying is that I want to wait until my father is dead I inherited the riches and wealth, and after that I will follow Jesus Christ. Jesus responded to him. After understanding his mind, and after understanding what he was asking for, and yet he has called, and he has brought all these kind of reasons which were not varied. He said, let the dead bury their dead. Of course, the guy did not understand what Jesus was saying. But what Jesus was trying to, to say here, bury the dead, in Greek it is like telling us, it is a very active, futuristic concept. It is for the people who are dead spiritually, those who are not connected with God, 
who should wait for those who are dying physically so that they can inherit and then whatever will come forth is up to them. But for you, come and follow me. That's what Jesus meant when he said, let the, bury, uh, the, the dead bury their dead. But this man, we don't hear him that he, he came and followed Jesus Christ. The man never followed Jesus Christ, but he probably went back home. Brothers and sisters, becoming authentic disciple of Jesus Christ is devaluing whatever is meaningless of this world. Sometimes it means not inheriting stuff from our people, but focusing our minds to Jesus Christ and making disciples. It is also to call, it is also to be very genuine and our genuineness in our commitment must be our experience in whatever we do. In Acts chapter five, Acts chapter five, we see Ananiah and Sapphira who were believers in Christ and they focused their minds to their worldly commodities. Of course, property is very important. So that's why we are able to serve the church and do the ministry, not only here, but elsewhere. But these people focused their minds to their worldly commodities and what God had given them, forgetting that whatever they had belonged to God. And when they were asked, why, where, where is the money that you, you sold your property? They started hiding it, focusing their minds to the worldly commodities. We are called to focus our mind. Of course, God will bless us. God has given us all the stuff so that we can serve him effectively. But that should be not our focus. Our focus is to, is to Jesus Christ. The third qualification of an authentic disciple of Jesus Christ is a person who is goal-oriented and focused. That is verse number 61 to 62. The third person was not called. It's only one guy who was called. The third one was not called, but he was willing to follow Jesus Christ wherever he was to go. Remember when Jesus Christ called Peter and Andrew and they obeyed the commandment or the command of following Jesus Christ. They left their boats and fish and the business. But this one guy, he wanted to follow Jesus Christ, but Jesus did not call him. The question even we have is whether we are called by Jesus Christ. Of course we are called, but are we committed to him? And this one guy said, wait a minute. I would like to follow you, but please, let me go back home and say farewell to those who are at home. We are not told who are at home. Maybe the father, the wife, and the children were there, and he didn't know that going back home was more troublesome and even dangerous because who would dare to let the, the husband go anyhow? Who would dare to let the wife go anyhow? It is very dangerous to, uh, to focus the mind back. He didn't know that it was more dangerous going back home. 
Jesus opened his mind and gave this illustration of a farmer. If you start working on a farm, on your crops, you should not focus, but you should focus really where you are heading to. And this, the tool, the working tool here is a very ancient kind of a tool in the Jewish culture that they, they were using their hands. And you cannot just use the tool or a tractor and you are just looking behind. You know what will happen, how you mess up with the crops. You are working, focusing in front or whatever, whatever you are doing, and then you are still jumping over, and also you are doing a tractor here, which is our contemporary tool. You are driving a tractor, doing the farming or digging, and then you are just watching behind. You know what will happen? You know better what will happen. And that's what Jesus is trying to bring forth here, that you cannot start working with a given tool or with a tractor and then you look the f in front and then you are still having fun looking behind. You will mess up with the crops. And that's what Jesus said to this one man. And this is telling us as we focus, the focus we have is to, to do what Jesus has commanded us to do as his disciples without looking behind. When you look behind, you're not focused at all. And that's why Jesus wanted to open the mind of this one guy that going back home will be very dangerous. People will not let you come and follow me. And he opened his way of understanding, his eyes to see it is either you go back or you come and follow me. And this is telling us that we should focus, we should be goal-oriented as we make disciples of all nations. Brothers and sisters, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we need to focus on Christ and what he did for us on the cross and make disciples for, for him. We should focus on glorifying him be like him and wait for the second coming of Jesus Christ and to take us where he went. We need to follow him wholeheartedly, not partial way of following him. We need to sacrifice ourselves. We need to do what God has called us to do as his disciples. Let us all commit ourselves to the core of being Christ's disciples. Let us be more like him because he is our master. Let us not focus on the worldly commodities because the world is so much confused. The world is so much confused. And if we focus to the world today, we'll be more like the, it is, the, the way the world is confused. We'll be very much confused. Let us be goal-oriented and focus on Christ. Let us preach and teach the word of God as his disciples. Because all of us, we are called to be his disciples forever. Let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you so much for who you are to us. Even for calling us to be your disciples so that we can propagate the gospel 
to everybody in our, in our homes, in our families, and even in our place of work. We pray that God will energize us to be more committed and more focused as we do the business for you. In Jesus' name, amen. To find out more about our ministry, contact us at racinebible.org. Thank you for listening.